0: Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are tuning in from. Hey, I wanted to just start with two very quick call to actions before we dive into today's episode. Uh, The first one is a jobber. You know, I've mentioned this on my past podcast. But Jobber has a super cool program called the Jobber Boost program. And what this is, is they've basically taken $100,000 and carved it up into different grants for home service businesses. So if you're looking for some extra funds for your business, this would be a very cool program to check out. One thing that I like about it is it's a grant program, which means you are given money period end of story you put it into your business there's no repayable loans there's no interest payments there's no hidden fine print so you might be thinking this is too good to be true well i think it's a pretty generous program that jobber has laid out uh, they're doing this to help uh businesses you know that were you know potentially affected through through covid and coronavirus and i know some home service businesses like ours have have remained quite strong through the pandemic but others uh, have been you know quite negatively affected especially last year you know around this time as things were just starting to get crazy so i've linked that up in my show notes where you can check out and apply for the boost program with jobber and the nice thing is it literally takes guys like five minutes to apply so they're asking you how you're going to be spending that money so I would probably say the more creative you are, the better chance you have at getting that funding. Call to action number two, guys, is to literally book a phone call with me at homeservicebusinesscoach.com. Again, in the show notes, I've had a number of great conversations with you that are saying, you know, I'm loving the podcast. uh, And, you know, some people are interested in talking further on my coaching services. Others just wanna connect and get that free coaching call. Uh, I am urging you book that call uh, with me. I'm not going to hard sell you on the phone. I want to more learn how I can best serve you and, and give you a bit of value into your business as you listen along. So we are going to dive into today's episode. Thank you for following along. And without further ado, here we go so i'll cut right to the chase uh, guys running a home service business is really freaking hard really 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 hard so i'll just get that out of my system i think as you guys go through and grow your businesses you look at others that are bigger and you think wow it must be so nice to be that person or isn't it you know, it's so easy when you've arrived and you've done, you know, $500,000 or 700000 and you have a team in place and la-di-da, everything's all good. And I'll be the first to say, you know, even in my, my coaching position, I've whittled down my hours in my home service business, what I think is a pretty good level, but it does not mean that it's easy. And even... That There's now a team running the business and I'm in a a coaching role helping where I can. It doesn't make things, you know, it's simple, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so I wanted this to be the theme of today's talk just to give you some encouragement on this episode to you, the home service business owner. You know, you're fighting the good fight. Maybe it's just you in a truck right now, pressure washing today through our busy spring season. Maybe you have a helper Maybe you just have one crew, and you're just like, man, how do we get this thing growing? How do I get off the truck? How do I build a team? Those are the people that I want to speak to. Um, that you're my audience, if if you're hearing this right now. So thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in. But I wanted to discuss just some of the challenges that you will have as you you scale up your business, and you might even be feeling those right now. The first one would be uh, just a cash flow perspective. You know, my past episode I talked about how much money is leaving our account this this last week. Here, it's like you know, we bought a van, we wrapped it, we're putting equipment in it, a new soft wash system. The the costs just come out of left field, and as calculated and budgeted as I am, there's still things that I missed. I'm like, oh yeah, we need to do that. We need to add that part to the van. We need to get a shelving unit there's all these things that start to add up and so as home service business owners i've been doing this you know now long enough to know that it takes money to make money and you got to kind of invest a little bit up front for you to make that return and so the big theme i want to tell you on this is you know with these challenges that you have you know i'll go through a few more that have come up for me but As you have these challenges, I think you just need to keep in mind that honestly, guys, if running a business was so easy and the four-hour work week, don't you think like everybody would be doing it? And you see people rushing into our space, you know, hey, I bought a pressure washer. How do I get jobs? And so those guys are just a a flash in the pan, right? The stats are something like 80% of businesses will go under in their first five years Uh, and even higher in their first 10 years. So you might still be in that infancy stage, you know, before five years, or maybe you're starting to mature a little bit from year five to year 10. But it doesn't, honestly, like it just doesn't get easier. I think your role, like if I look at my role, now that we're doing a million dollars of cleaning versus, you know, when I started, we're doing, you know, 50,000. It, it was still hard back then and it's still hard now, but my role in the business has changed. I'm not physically doing all the work. I'm not in the office every day. I'm not selling jobs. I'm now using my brain largely. And the best time is just thinking like strategically, where's this thing going? What markets can we move into? How can I go hire a rock star? you know, fill in the blank to join my team. I'm constantly recruiting, hunting, looking at our pricing model. Like I'm literally a bottleneck finder right now in my business and for me, that's really fun. Uh, Also my income is greater than it is when I first started. Uh, My time is more free than now. So there's like all these wins that I'm now achieving at this level and I'm not doing this to brag and say how awesome I am because it is difficult. But I do want this to inspire you and be like, man, I want to be Like Dave, I can grow my business in, you know, under five years and get it up to this level where there's a team in place. So just because my role has changed and my income has changed and, you know, I'm doing different things that I really like in the business, it doesn't mean that it is any easier. So don't, uh, don't try grow your business just to make life easy because now that we're a team, we just brought on our 15th employee. Uh, one five this last week. And so there's a lot of responsibility with that. There's a lot of paychecks to pay. And I'm now really studying our finances even more so in our bank account and seeing, okay, where do we need to be? Where do the dials need to be for this thing to continue to remain profitable and even more profitable as well as watching our cash flows as the money you know flies out and jobs get done and money comes back in. So there's lots of things to consider as you scale up, but you know employees do uh, take take a lot off your plate, but also with that can come uh, more problems dealing with people. And so there's something I wanted to explain today that we call the one percent credit fund. And so what I mean by that is if we're going to go and do a million dollars of cleaning this year, give or take somewhere in that ballpark. I'm going to literally, in my head and on our budget, know that 1% of that is just going to be like not collected or sent back to our customers for something that we've screwed up. So now that I've been doing this long enough, if our production manager called me today and said, hey, we broke a window or we dented a gutter or we broke a flower pot, or we had too strong of chemical and we torched someone's lawn or garden or did this or did that, literally fill in the blank. Uh, I'm not going to completely freak out because I know these things happen in business, right? We're, we're going to do about 1200 jobs this year, give or take in my business. And what are the chances that on 1% of those, something is going to happen? You know, it, it on 12 of them, there's just going to be something not good. Uh, It's almost a slam dunk, guys. I've been doing this for a long time. And it's almost like every year, it's like 1% of a credit fund. So I'd urge you if you don't take anything off this episode, other than just know that when you're scaling up, you're adding employees, there's going to be things that break in your business and on clients property and not to berate your team. Because things just happen and regardless of the rock star that you hire they're never going to care quite as much about the business as you are and quite frankly if I can have an employee care 70 percent 80 percent even to what I care about my business um, they're gonna be an awesome hire for you so you just got to be realistic in the fact that as you grow as you do more jobs things are going to break things are going to happen Literally, I would sum up business in one word, moving from a chaotic state to less chaos. And and I think that's just kind of you got to be okay camping in that space because every day there's a new problem to solve. And, you know, you might be right in the thick of it right now. You know, you're on, you're the guy on the site, you're dealing with the problems and you might think, well, why on earth would I want to bring on more? employees if Dave's just saying they're going to break windows and break things. So I don't want to camp on the negative and say, oh, it's all bad having a team because it's definitely not. There's also amazing impact. It's like, well, how about those other uh, 1188 jobs where a third of them wrote us a great review and two thirds of them are going to hire us back. So you got to look at always taking the good with the bad. And I think that's like in home services, you know, you might think, well, why don't I go do cryptocurrency or become a realtor or start an online business? Like these things might look easier on the surface. But even as you dive deep in that rabbit hole, every single job is going to have pros about it and have cons about it. You just have to choose like what level of hard you want to deal with. even my online coaching business, you know, you might think, oh, the dollars just flow in, you show up for a Zoom call, it's so easy. It's like, no, there still is challenges that my students are going through that I'm working with, trying to fix. There are other challenges in in the business. And so nothing in life is all sunshine and rainbows. And in fact, I don't think you ever even want to achieve that sunshine rainbow state. Because if you look at you know, look at someone who's entrepreneurial and quote unquote retires when they're 55 or 60 or whatever the age is to play golf. More often than not, this person's going to be pretty bored and going to want to get back to doing something. Like nobody wants to be a non-contributing zero in society. Like you actually want some purpose. You want to actually create something. You want to be part of something. You want to build a team. And so that's where I'm kind of at with my pressure washing business you know it's it's becoming a, a vehicle for me it's becoming a platform where we can create a lot of good in our community and for our clients it's a mentorship program where I can bring on you know 15 20 25 30 employees each year and actually mentor them in our system and take care of them and show them how a systematized business runs and how we care for our clients every step of the way. And how we teach them sales and people skills and other things like that so you got to look at in home services guys your potential job you could be giving to uh, an employee it could very well just be a bridge job you know where they're passing through for say two years at a time and i look at it a big win if we can have an employee stay with us for two years because that first season there's just a lot of learning curves how to use ladders how to use soft wash system how to actually do our work but after that they're gonna be like really well trained and then very valuable to your business so we really try and get our our seasonal staff for for two years if at all possible because uh, it just works out better for uh, for everybody so you know getting back to the point you know having more employees there will be more problems 100% but I also think There'll be a lot of good to come with that and ultimately it comes down to you because as the business owner, do not grow this business for anybody other than yourself. You need to really step back and assess and say, okay, why am I building this thing? What do I hope to achieve? And you kind of got two options. Like One is the owner-operator model where you're just going to do everything and unfortunately, You can't leverage your time with that like you are the business if you go to Bali for a three-week vacation with the family It's awesome But there's not going to be a single dollar flowing in while you're gone because you're not actually free from the business So you just own a really great really good Hopefully paying job where you get some tax benefits and if that's great for you that's great for you and that's awesome the other option is go with the enterprise model where you are going to do everything you can to free up your time and to try and build a team so that when you now go to Bali for three weeks with the family, you could have money coming in because the team is still working. The machine is still operating while you're not physically there. Um, Quite frankly, I think the enterprise model is more difficult to achieve. And that's why something like the stats are like 4% of businesses actually even make it to the seven figure mark because it's very difficult like 96 percent of people are are not able to achieve that you know and they think it might be impossible and it's not that it's impossible it's just that it's very very difficult like for you to get to a million bucks for us this year you basically need to get 15 people bought into your vision where this thing's going you need to pay 15 people you need to have enough work for 15 people which means you need your marketing needs to be like awesome you need to have like hiring procedures uh for people you need to have all the equipment for 15 people the uniforms the insurance you need to have at least like five trucks i would say um so it's just like these things take time to build guys so i don't want to have this episode be like oh getting to a million is too difficult i'm not going to do it like i really think kind of at that level is where things get quite special. And you almost turn into this like scientist in your business where you're looking for different dials to turn and what you can tweak. And for me, that's very exciting. Um, I love systems and I love growth. I love being with people and building a team. And if those are your skills too, I would encourage you to push into this. You know, other people, might want to just camp at a bit of a lower level you know maybe you want to settle settle down and camp for a bit at the five hundred thousand dollar mark where you have you know two crews two people on each crew you've got someone really sound in the office and then you're basically going out and selling you know four days a week and then uh doing two hours a day just on production management managing your crew and you know you can make a hundred thousand dollars on that and the uh be happy how things are so there's that option too so you got to look at yourself in the mirror you know not everyone in life is a climber you may be a camper and campers are content just to sit where they are and pitch their tent and camp for one year two years three years whatever it is other people are climbing you know for for us we hopefully hit a million bucks this year and we're gonna say i'm gonna literally like celebrate for like one day and then the next morning i'm gonna be like okay How do I get to 1.4 next year? And then how do we get to 2 million the year after? So I just know how my brain works. It's constantly moving and it's constantly in climbing mode and growth mode. And so then for me, that's very exciting. I really like that. And uh, you know, there's pros and cons to that, which is probably a whole nother episode, but you gotta look yourself in the mirror and know really who you are and why you wanna grow this business and who you wanna do it for. And, and you got to look at what the mountaintop is too, right? Like some people might say, well, that $500,000 vision, like that just doesn't really excite me. I don't really love sales. I think I could bring a sales rep on. It's like, cool, now you can get to 750 and have a GM. And maybe that doesn't excite you. And you're like, yeah, hey, I want to get to a million bucks, whatever it is. The numbers don't matter so much as what matters is like what you want out of this. And that's why the students I work with Step one, we always reverse engineer the outcome. We're like, okay, week one, work with me. We're gonna build out your organizational chart. And I don't want that just to be like a 30 minute exercise scribble it down like actually go and make an organizational chart. Tell me in three years or five years what this thing looks like. you know how what does that vision look like? because as soon as I have that piece of paper and I know, okay, Steve, you want to achieve this? Perfect. Now we can go through my program and I'm going to hold your hand each week and show you what building blocks we need to put into place. So that's how these businesses happen, guys. It's not just someone randomly going through day-to-day washing houses and it's like, oh wow, we got to a million dollars. That was crazy. Like I didn't expect that. It's like, no, it's planned with a budget, and it, everything's costed out, and it's reverse engineered to do a million dollars. What's our charge rate? How many labor hours do we need in the field? Um, you know, how much? Are, how long are we scheduling our guys? What's our average ticket? Uh, what's our gross profit? What's all our overhead costs? What's our fixed salaries? What's our targeted net profit? Like all these things are literally you running the business, not the business running you. And there's too many people. That's literally why I started coaching is because too many pressure washing business owners are literally think this is just a cleaning business. And like we're going out and cleaning and everything's all good. It's like, no, that is so opposite to what the business is. This is a numbers business. This is a customer service business that just happens to fill in the blank, do your thing. And if you've been listening to me long enough, you might get sick of, Hearing me say that, but I just think it can't be stated enough not getting it backwards what actual business you're in. So to sum it up, you know, running a business is very difficult regardless of the size that you're at. You just need to choose your level of hard and choose where you want to camp this thing out at. So that's big takeaway number one. Why is business hard? Well, like I said, you've got cash flow difficulties, you got payroll to achieve too, you're, dealing, you're constantly dealing with employee issues. You add in a pandemic and someone getting a sore throat and they're getting COVID tested and they're off for however long. Like That just further complicates employee issues. But that would be uh, a, another concern as well, why, why growing a business is hard. Three, one that we don't talk about enough and I want to actually do more episodes on is just the mental side of running a business is um is quite difficult right like even though you know exactly what i'm talking about like even though you're home at 6 p.m and you're making dinner with the missus she might be telling you a story of her day and you're literally thinking in your head oh yeah i got to uh go drop off that ladder in the morning for my crew otherwise they're not going to be able to do that back part of the house and then okay i got to go to home depot and get that key cut And then I got to call my supplier and get more bleach. And you might have like these three things run through your head all while your missus is finishing up her story. And she's going to wonder if you were even listening Uh, or how about middle of the night, you get up to take a leak and you have this like awesome marketing idea where you're like, Oh, we totally need to do this drip campaign for our clients on our CRM and send them out this piece of mail and et cetera, et cetera. So you might be smiling because you're just like, yes, that is totally me. And so you gotta give yourself some props here. That you are an entrepreneur. You are officially weird, and you're officially do not fit into the world. So, congratulations. Because as soon as you can embrace that about yourself and know that your brain is wired differently, and you were a bit of a misfit in school, um, perfect. Now, now we can actually create some progress. It's when people start fighting their entrepreneurial tendencies to try fit into society that's where their where where problems lie you guys got to be realistic and see how is your brain actually wired and what do you actually want to achieve and like congratulations like being different being weird is actually really really good in my opinion like what is even normal anymore so you want to be you want to be different i think that's great so there's that whole mental side where you're bringing your business everywhere where you are with you. And even for me, like, you know, I fell in love uh, back in 2014, 15 with this idea of, you know, work for seven, eight months and then just literally disappear and go travel. And I did backpacking trips through Asia and Vietnam and went to Bali and the Philippines and been all through lots of countries in Southeast Asia. And I would go away for, you know, 40 40 days at a time usually was kind of the 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 trip length that I would do and just stay in airplane mode and not have to do anything with business. And even though I'm away from the business, I'm still I was still thinking about it, right? Like you relax more, but there's still things that come in your mind and think about it. So I would say, like, if you don't in a in a given 30-day period, if there are not times where you're like, this business is awesome, like I love this thing if you don't have that i would consider honestly consider like quitting because for me these thoughts come in my head because like i love growing this thing and i get fired up about it and i get excited and that's when the ideas start like flowing in and then obviously the backhand side of that is like yeah the problems that you have to deal with on a week-to-week basis but for me it's like the good outweighs the negative and I also was joking with the buddy, like I do think per month, there's probably two to four times a month, I think, is this really what I want to be doing? Because I have like six good size problems on my email inbox or on my desk right now that I got to fix. And is it worth it? And so I think you should, it's kind of that tension of like, this is an awesome business. This is getting more automated every week and it's profitable and I love it. And then the next day, it's like, what am I doing? Is this the best fit? And I think you should constantly be flip-flopping from those emotions because as entrepreneurs, we, we, feel, we don't really feel like happy, sad. We feel, are we in momentum? Like, are we crushing? Are we rocking? Are we achieving our goals? Or we feel like down in the dumps, like, woe is me, what am I doing? I'm not in momentum, I'm stuck, I'm not moving forward, I'm not progressing, I'm not climbing, I'm literally stuck. You don't really feel happy, sad. So just keep that in mind too. Like I'm in momentum, I'm rocking, I'm in flow state, or I'm like stuck. So you kind of flow between those two states. And for me, I feel stuck if there's lots of problems, or things aren't growing, or they're not going how I thought they would, or the profits not great, or the bank accounts low, or there's like three clients on the same day that we screwed up on and got to fix it so there's things that will break that you're going to have to fix and that's what makes running the business hard is that mental exhaustion of like am i doing is this really the best thing i should be doing look at my buddy who's a realtor you know he made 20 grand this month and you know he struts around in a suit and drives his tesla all day like so it's so easy to look left, right, and be like, man, that industry looks easier. Let me go do that. But at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to choosing your level of hard and your difficulty level and also knowing that, like, honestly, you don't want that, like, cushy, lavish, easy lifestyle because if you achieve that, I guarantee if you are truly entrepreneur, entrepreneurial minded. You're going to be bored on like day number six and even look at yourself on vacation. Like you probably start going stir crazy after a few days off sitting, you know, on the beach reading business books because you want to just do. So human beings are wired to achieve. I think, um, you know, the male brain, if you read that book by Lu- Luann Brizendine, the little relationship hack for you off off script here, read the female brain and read the male brain as well. But the male brain is doused in testosterone, I think around week eight. And that basically wires us for aggression and for winning and for achieving. And so, you know, I've had a lady, professional uh, mental health person tell me, you know, Dave, there's more to life than just achievements. And when she told me that, it made me really stop in my tracks and be like, you know what? There are more things in life than achievements and really caused me to refocus myself and almost repurpose where I was heading at the time a few years back. So, you know, I think it can sometimes get the best of us. Like your, your greatest strength will also be, it can be a weakness, right? So for me, it's this like flat out ambition, like just work, get it done, no excuses Uh, No one wants to hear your sob story, like just pull your pants up and get on with it. That's like kind of me, and I don't really want to hear your problems, and I'm not, I can listen, but sometimes in my head I'm listening, thinking like this is is dumb, like just figure it out kind of thing. So for me, it's this like ambition of just go, 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 let's just get it done, but it's actually taking time to pause and reflect, and also you got to celebrate the wins too, guys, because- that's another thing, you know, why entrepreneurship is hard. I think in our Western society, we achieve something and even friends and peers say like, okay, so like, what's next? It's just like, case in point, my wife just finished her master's degree literally this week. And uh, and a neighbor of ours came up was like, oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Right away, they're like, what's next? You know, what what are you going to do now? I'm like, man, can we not just have like one weekend off where we just, chill out and like actually physically celebrate this awesome accomplishment. And so we gotta, you gotta be realistic. You gotta, um, celebrate the small wins as small as they are along the way, you know, and look at little things like maybe you're going out, taking the family out for ice cream. Maybe you're taking like a three hour break in the day just to do nothing. Like you have control of your schedule so kind of your creativity is is your is your limit on this thing and so look at little ways where you can actually just celebrate you know how far you've come and it doesn't always need to be metrics driven guys maybe you got a great hire this week or maybe you know you've got your new CRM all set up or maybe you just sent out this awesome email campaign or you've prepped your next you know 20 social media posts you don't have to think about that for the next month those are the kinds of small wins that I'm talking about that you need to celebrate along the way. Because if you're not celebrating, you're just end up grinding and getting burnt out. So the last point I'll make on this before I turn this into a super long episode is um is as you grow your business, guys. The first like three, I'll just say three years to be safe. The first three years, you gotta be ready to put in some longer days. I'll just say that because that was been my experience in both my businesses. It takes kind of 3 years to get known, to get ranking on Google, to get people to know who you are, what you're doing, kind of 36 months. So, I would argue, you know, I'm all for work-life balance, believe me. And I even in the first 3 years, I I didn't work Sundays and didn't work that many Saturdays. But I was very efficient when I was working. But there were some evening work. There's always early mornings. I'm a morning guy. I like to get up early and get after it. So you got to know what you're getting into because the first three years, you're basically getting this airplane off the ground and you're using lots of jet fuel. You know, you look at an airplane, it uses a a, a crazy disproportional amount of jet fuel to get off the ground. But once you're flying, you're you're rolling. But that's kind of like starting up a business you gotta use that jet fuel and get yourself off the ground in startup mode and some of you might even be on like year four or five but maybe you just dabbled for the first little bit so you know you are gonna be um you're gonna be a little bit more on uh, on on cruise control after you hit year three so you gotta be um you, you gotta be really pushing it the first few years i'll say that um, and and then it will get, I would say, uh, more streamlined where you can more focus on the things that you really want to be focusing on. So don't be scared to grow this thing. Don't let it being hard hold you back. You're going to deal with employee issues. There's going to be cash flow concerns. There's going to be sleepless nights. There's going to be accidents that your crew causes. Um, there's going to be wrong hires that you make. There's going to be clients that are upset. Um, it's constantly going to be on your brain. The first three years is going to take a lot of time to get going. You know, there's going to be seasons where you're like, man, where did all the profit go? Well, you know, you paid a big tax payment and you reinvested your money into another truck, and boom, there's your profit. It's like, okay, time to do it again. So, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not rewarding you know we'll do another talk on uh, how rewarding it is to be an entrepreneur how how special and amazing it is i think it's a gifting and a calling to to do this thing but you know i i would i would just stop wishing that it were easy you know we look at our businesses now on instagram and everything's so easy oh you buy stocks you check your account you made a thousand dollars it's like Just be very cautious of the grass being greener because what I decided to do was recognize home services is is inherently a very hands-on business. Um, There's going to be problems to fix, but my bet is on the 10-year plan of this thing. And when you can approach your decisions with a 10-year perspective, it's 120 months, guys. You're going to have a few bad months here and there. You're going to have months where you don't have make any money. That's okay. We have winter months where we lose money just keeping my team on and and doing things and, you know, paying for the payments that don't just stop cuz your revenue stops. So, you know, I chose to build this thing. I'm choosing to build this thing over 10 years and it's making me make more sound decisions and it helps me not freak out when things go bad in a day-to-day and a week-to-week. And so Don't be alarmed when problems come up. Look at them as opportunities to grow your business and to make things better and just try really hard to build systems around that problem so that it doesn't happen again. So I really strongly hope this episode brought you a bit of value, a bit of a glimpse behind the veil that even though we're, you know, we're five trucks, six trucks now, we still have problems to deal with every single day. Things break. You got to fix them. And even you know, if we grow to two million, three million, four million, five million, whatever it is, there'll be different problems to fix scaling up to that level. But for me, it's fun in the growth mode. You know, if I was staying steady the same revenue every year, I don't think I could do this for more than a season or two. So embrace the squeeze and 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 just know that you're building something really special here because, again, if it was easy, all your buddies would be starting up a pressure washing business and scaling this thing. It's not getting any easier hiring people. You guys know my stance on that, done uh, some some talks on that and more content to come. But just know from a macro level, scaling this thing is not easy. But I do think every day it is worth it because you're building something pretty special that your your spouse will thank you for your kids will thank you for your community will thank you for and i think you'll be pretty dang proud of yourself when you can look back and be like man over the last seven years i built this thing into a beast provided all these jobs you know provided a great income for yourself and your family provided yourself with freedom and guess what if you did this in pressure washing in seven years i bet you could do it in junk removal in three and a half or go do it in painting in three and a half so you have these skills. Now you can actually apply to other industries, which is pretty sweet. So keep fighting the good fight. Don't be discouraged. And perhaps you want to book a call with me just to tell me a problem or two you're working with. That's one of the favorite things I like to do on these 45 minute calls is actually just dive in and be like, what's the biggest problem in your business right now? And we usually just talk for 45 minutes, how to fix that. So if that's of interest, hit up the show notes, book a call with me. Um, love to, i uh, love to connect with you. And if you haven't done it yet, please throw me a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Yes, I'm talking to you. If you've listened to my last seven episodes and you are just consuming this content and you haven't tossed me a review, please, please, please throw me that review. It would mean the world to me. It helps tell Apple Podcasts that, hey, Dave is bringing a bit of value into this niche let's show it to more people. Thanks so much for doing that. I wish you well in fighting the good fight this next week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Dave Mormon, Home Service Business Coach, signing out. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.